Energy. Energy, energy, energy. <laughs> Did you just say Rochelle Obama? Michelle. Michelle. Okay, because I thought you said Rochelle Obama. I know I have a thick accent. <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. <laughs> These people aren't calling me Mustang. Because everyone says to me, <laughs> Do people call you Mustang? <laughs> And I'm like, not twice. <laughs> I use my fake name. <laughs> What's your fake name? Sally. Welcome to episode four of Oh Hey Gays. Um, it's just me this week. Sarah is currently in Melbourne uh, on a romantic getaway with her lover. Um, it was her birthday on Friday and as you can imagine she was fairly insufferable the whole week. I think she's had a good time. She was celebrating a bit of a milestone this year. So um, here's to you Sarah. I miss you. Don't at all actually it's uh it's quite nice actually just uh, being able to do what I like and say what I like without her screaming at me in the background this week is Morgana Bailey um and some of you might know her TED talk um that she did on the dangers of hiding who you are I saw it a couple of months ago and it really resonated with me um it's this kind of great situation where she comes out in front of all of her work colleagues in the form of a TED talk um, but what I think is interesting about it is why she came out um, and kind of when she gets into talking about um, the dangers of hiding who you are you know there are some really big social impacts um, in not being honest I guess with people around you about who you are um, I think for years and years I didn't ever talk about myself as a lesbian at work and you know didn't bother mentioning it wasn't wasn't hiding it necessarily but just didn't bother bringing it up um, and it's not until the last recent few years that I've actually been really open I mean plus guys I do I do look like a lesbian it's pretty hard to hide uh, very stylish um, and lesbian looking you know I'm gonna I'm gonna put that out there um anyway I once I saw this TED talk I showed everybody that I knew and I thought no I have to actually talk to Morgana and just find out you know why she did it in front of an audience and and what happened afterwards and it's a really interesting conversation that we have um because a couple of interesting things happened to her afterwards and I think it's just it's good the stats and and stuff that she's talking about anyway I really love speaking to her um she's a really cool person um and I really hope that you enjoy it as well I think she has a really important message um so yeah thanks for um thanks for sticking around um next week sorry I'm just gonna look at my spreadsheet you know because I'm underprepared without Sarah usually we can have her talking in the background um, next week is Eleanor Carey, and she's a Brisbane gal, um, well, sorry, a Queensland gal, um, and she rode an incredible amount of kilometres um, to to get a Guinness World Record. I mean, she didn't do it to get the Guinness World Record, um, 
but she's on next week and that is a pretty inspiring conversation let me tell you um okay so hope you enjoy the morgana interview and i'll see you next week made you get up on stage in front of all those people and and come out yeah so I had been I, I realized that I was gay in, in college of course I had the traditional story I fell in love with my straight best friend yeah. and <laughs> she rejected me and I kind of dove into this scenario of feeling like in college, it felt a little bit safe, but the outside world was not. And and so I just started suppressing it. And I, I walked out of, of college, pushing it down, dating only men. Mm-hmm. And for years and years, I, I even went on um, to get married in 2011. And I, you know, I knew before I shouldn't be doing it. I knew during it. And so it only lasted a year. And at the end of that year, I said to myself, you have to start living your truth. You know, you're, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting others. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And I continued to sit there for two years, just kind of punishing myself for going to the marriage and hurting someone else. Um, and so finally, one year, my, my company was putting together, they worked with the, the TED organization to put together TED Talks. And it said, submit your, your, your submission. And at the same time, I was like, I have to rip this Band-Aid off. This is, that's kind of what I describe it. I, like, if I'm, I'm going to finally be living out here in the world as myself, I have to somehow do it where I can never turn back again. Yep. <laughs> yep. And indeed, um, you can, can never Google me again without finding my <laughs> TED Talk. Yeah. Um, but it was like, I, I think the stars aligned for me. I, I knew I needed to start living that truth. I was... Um, I love public speaking already, and so I thought, what a beautiful way to bring the two worlds together, and and, and I thought it would help myself. What, what's been remarkable is what the talk has gone on to help other people um, in a multitude of ways, not just LGBTQ plus people. Um, so that's kind of what got me onto that stage at that point. Okay. Because, um, yeah, I, I was feeling your nerves um, when I was watching it. Um, even though, I mean, I came out when I was 17 and that was not a great experience. But, um, yeah, I still felt your nerves. So what happened after you came out? Like, did the world end or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, what I, I really fascinatingly, I, I used a line in there um, it was a modified quote from Toni Morrison's book, uh, Paradise, that said, you know, there, there are more scary things inside than outside. Yeah. And what I didn't, I realized that I didn't have to overcome. What I did have to overcome was my own fears and insecurities. And indeed, that is exactly what it was. Every fear that I had, you know, family rejection, family embarrassment, you know, people throwing a brick through my front window, like all these fears I had never came true. Right? Yeah. So it, it really was me trying to just be comfortable with who I was. 
And literally, I stepped off that stage, and I was, no one at, at that talk knew what my talk was about, like I even mentioned in that yeah. talk. Yeah, so, <laughs> you kept it a secret. You know, the executives sitting in the audience didn't even know what that talk was about, and so they, they stepped up behind the stage and embraced me physically. I mean, it, it was, it couldn't have been, uh, you know, any more accepting in terms of what my company did for me. Yeah. Um, just throngs of people coming up to me afterwards saying, how does it feel? Here's what happened to me. I have this in my family that I've been hiding. Like it just, it it was a remarkable experience. Wow. And what about your family? Yeah. So I had actually told my, my mother and my sister the two, two years prior. And I said, look, here's why I'm getting a divorce. And they essentially said, okay, well, you know, whatever, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I need you to hear this. This is the reason. (laughs) And, you know, Sally, I'm so old that, you know, and I've often been embarrassed about how long this took me to come to this point in my life um, for multiple reasons. But I'm so old. My family just was like, oh, we're, we're just so happy you're finally going to be you know, happy in your own life. Um, and so it, for me, um, I think it would have been a little bit more difficult transition earlier, obviously in life and that, in that time and in day and time. Right. Yeah. But they, they've been great about it. That's fantastic. Yeah. And so you're from a really small town, aren't you? Like, well, not small town, but like a conservative state. Absolutely. Very conservative state. And I lived in one of the more, quote, liberal, you know, college towns, but it was still, you know, very agricultural-based college curriculum even. Yeah. And and I I really felt myself, I I had a gay cousin who lived on, you know, the coast of California. Um, I was like, I'm fine with this. This is great. Who cares? But you internalize all those things, right? So um, I, I heard the messages in the community. I heard the messages... Um, on TV, and we actually had a pretty prominent hate group here in the U.S. that lived only about an hour away from where I grew up. And, and you know, so they had the "God hates fag" signs at every event. Oh, I know um, that group. Yeah, yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> that, that's what we grew up around. And, and again, my family were, you know, we're like, well, we don't feel that way, but uh, it, it just gets down into your core and it's, it's, I always say it's very hard to undo all these years of training your, you know, what your community has trained your mind, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And especially having that kind of thing an hour away and, and stuff that would be frightening, especially that group. Um, so, and the, the, the town, like you're, you're like, everyone was, was fine when you came out, like everyone just was like, you're awesome. Like, Let's just move on. Or? <laughs> well, so so I no longer live there. Like I live about two hours away from there at this point. Yeah. Um, when I I posted my my TED talk on my Facebook page, and I, I wrote, "I'm finally free," and the response from those hometown, you know, high school people was very positive. That, that responded to me. Um, interestingly, I had a, another, um, kid growing up with me, he had come out as gay, um, more in his college years. And he replied to that feed saying, I can't believe how many of you are replying positively to this because I know so many of you, you know, <laughs> are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 
never accepted her back in the day. Yeah. Um, but at least, you know, things are changing now. And what I've found is that I fascinatingly have had people who contact me directly, whether it's people I know or people, you know, strangers, it's all positive. The only people that are negative are the people that are kind of the trolls in the bottom of the TED Talk who write negative things. Yeah. But if they contact me directly, they're always super positive. And even when I go out to speaking engagements, people will come up to me and say, you know, does, does everyone always act so positively in response to you? And I said, well, yeah, to my face, they do. And they were like, but you, you know probably there's people sitting in the audience that are very uncomfortable you know, because of different reasons, and this is hard for people to accept. And I was like, absolutely, but I, I just personally haven't had the experience of them saying anything negative to me. Yeah, and it's interesting. Which I think is unusual. Yeah, it's interesting that you, you talk about that, like having people sitting in the audience who are uncomfortable about it. And, I mean, for me, watching you, I was like, that's brilliant. Like, you, you're doing an amazing job. Um, should we have to hide, I guess, from those people who aren't comfortable with us? Like... <laughs> Because I don't think that no. we should, yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. So it's a perfect question because <laughs> this is what I, and I, I found this throughout my life, especially growing up in the in the Midwest. The response was always like, "We don't care what you do behind closed doors. Yeah, just don't shove it in my face." And I actually had a therapist that I was using during my marriage transition and trying to say, look, I need to stop doing this, I'm gay, and she said she said something very similar, like, you know, just live your life, you know, we, we don't, you know, the community doesn't have to see that, and I, mm. I, I stopped dead in my tracks because that's the absolute most backwards thing, because, yes, we all have different areas of our diversity and differences, right, I'm a, yeah. I'm a woman and a lesbian, but... To, not, to say keep it behind closed doors or keep it out of my face is appalling because it, it does encompass the majority of my life, especially when you get into relationships and children. Like, yeah. you know, I'm constantly coming out, you know, beforehand that might have happened somewhat. But now when you have a, a family, you constantly come out. You're in, and they ask your insurance card, who's the insurance holder? Well, it's my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... To me, it's, it, it goes back to, it's ridiculous to ask us to hide something that's a core part of our lives and to not be open, um, and, and for you to feel, you know, for people to feel uncomfortable with that, well, you know, we could say the reverse for, for how we could feel around them being heterosexual or, what, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. that, that's one thing that definitely rubs me the wrong way when people say, well, that's fine, but just don't hold hands in public. No! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and because that contributes more, doesn't it, to the mental health kind of stuff oh, that you brought yes. up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I Yeah, because, I mean, I know that I, I look like a lesbian um, and I have, uh, tattoos and cool hair, very cool hair. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, and I, I can't, I, I can't hide this style machine that I am. Um, right. And and I find that you know, even I like, for example, at work the other day, um, there's a woman uh, who's a very like a lady, lady woman, um, and, and older, and I got into the lift with her, and she looked at me, and I knew the look because she was just flabbergasted. Like, she couldn't understand what was going on with me, like, you know, kind of in, like, a blazer and jeans and, like, I think it was a Spice Girl shirt. Um, you know, she just couldn't she couldn't figure it out. And I get that a lot. Like, 
not as much as I used to, but yeah, kind of like I'm used to it now, but still I'm not going to hide that kind of thing. Like I can't hide myself. So that's something for me um, that, that, that I guess is something that happens, you know what I mean? Like, but for other people, I know that you've talked about stats and stuff about people hiding themselves at work. And I'm like, sorry, I'll let you talk actually. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Please. No, this is your, your, your spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's one piece of, you know, I present at least currently more as a, as a feminine lesbian, yep. which, you know, absolutely has this other ability to cover or hide. Yeah. Um, and it's, I always think that the, you know, lesbian and bisexual trailblazers who <laughs> have always held their style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, in, in the public eye, because uh, so yeah. One of the things that I mentioned in my my TED talk was this study that was done in in two thousand and thirteen, and it was by this arm of Deloitte a consulting firm called Deloitte University Leadership for Inclusion, and they basically interviewed about. 3,000 workplace participants across different industries and found that, and it was just lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. So, but they found that um, of those 61% of all the employees, or so there was a multitude of employees, not just lesbian, gay, and bisexual, um, but of all those employees, 61% were covering something at work, but 83% of those LGBT, LGB people were covering something at work. And and what that meant was essentially not hiding that they were gay or lesbian or bisexual, but just downplaying it. So that yeah. was the, the idea behind covering. And so they might be known to be gay at work, but they would do things like dress less, let's say masculine or dress less feminine. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't put up a picture of their, their spouse on their desk. Um, they wouldn't bring that significant other to a work party so it was it was really trying to quote like we're just talking about fit in a little bit more into that that workplace environment but every study we're seeing you know about that is saying that's detrimental not only to us personally it's you know sucking our our um our work productivity away our health is drained because of it but it's also taking away the great creative diversity we have um, in the workplace because yeah. people are so fixated on fitting in. Um, so it, it's a fascinating study because one of the things I, I do like to mention about too is that they found 45% of straight white men were also covering something. Really? 45%. So I often say, well, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who cares about that statistic? But here's why I think it is important is because it's one connector for diversity in the workplace, right? So at this point, straight white men are still running, you know, yeah. a lot of companies and businesses. And so to get them to connect to the idea of diversity, they perk up when you say 45% of straight white men are also covering. And I have throngs of, of these straight white men coming up to me saying, you know, I've been hiding that I grew up in this really rural community because people make fun of me and say, you could never be an executive if you grew up in this, you know, in a barn, and, <laughs> you know, or, or they have a disability. There's yeah. been fascinating stories about people having disabilities and trying to cover that and hide that at work. Um, and so anyway, for me, that's a connector about, although 
there have been absolutely diversities that have been long persecuted and and deserve, I feel, more attention in the change in our world. It's true, we all are a bit diverse. And if we can get more people to get on that bandwagon of understanding why we should let people be who they are at work, um, I think that's just one more key to help getting, getting everyone on board. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I agree with it. And especially like you don't see kind of executive teams, like I don't see anybody on the executive team that looks like me. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it, and that kind of like, that kind of bothers me in a way. Like I think I'm more sort of hipster than anything. Like I'm not like, um, you know, but I, nobody, nobody looks like me. Nobody has great hair. Nobody, you know, has um, tattoos, anything like that. So it's, it's kind of, when, do you think this will ever change? Well, so one of the great things, uh, you know, that we even can see there, that's the same Deloitte University Leadership Center for Inclusion group did a follow-up study that found that millennials, and I hate that word, because again, that's <laughs> to me another, you know, we're, we're, you're stereotyping another group into certain characteristics. Yeah. They do use that word in, in the, the article. Um <laughs> They do find that they are defining diversity differently than we have in previous generations. Of you know, we all say check the box diversity. What's your race? What's your gender? Um, yeah. And they are looking at diversity more broadly, and even in just experience, gives you a different diversity. And so, I think that a lot of that the studies are finding yes, absolutely, attitudes are changing. There's more acceptance of um, LGBTQ plus people. And it, to me, even in my own workplace, which is very supportive in terms of like policies, not necessarily in your local office, but you know the broader company says it's very important, you know, to protect and, and be diverse. Yeah. Um, but what but the scary thing that's still not flipping completely is that you're also seeing the studies that say kids are still being bullied at a tremendous rate for you know for being lgbtq plus in schools and so while i'm hopeful you know i think things are changing um there's there's still a lot of work to be done um because and and i have a lot of people in my community that i'm on a, a local university's chancellor's board for lgbtq plus um, community advisors and you know all those older adults are saying you know don't we don't have to worry about this in the younger generations and, and I'm saying no no this this has to change it and, and we just have to talk about it more and, and get it understood why you know I've even had people in that same LGBTQ group who are allies yeah say I, I don't understand why you feel like you know this is this, you know something to come out at work why is that important and I, I, I said to him, you're too high up at this point, obviously, because you're not down, you know, in the cubicles being asked, what, you know, what did you do this weekend? And yeah. Are you dating anyone? You know, this, it, it, you, you can't be <laughs> serious that this isn't a part of my life. Yeah. And it's going to be, you know, involved in work. So anyway, it's kind of a half answer for me. It feels very hopeful in many ways. But then, you know, I hear about even in those progressive cities, you know, there's people are still struggling to be themselves at work. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I have a six-year-old daughter, and recently at work, I wanted to do flexible working arrangements. And uh-huh. one of the questions they asked me was, "Who gave birth to my daughter?" Oh no. Yeah, that's a, that's an appropriate reaction, Morgana. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, but they didn't seem to think anything was wrong with that, and then they can 
well, they then they said, you know, people have pets as well and, and they want to work from home and they should no, be no. able to. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, that's fine. Those people with pets, I'm happy for them to work from home. <laughs> However, my daughter <laughs> is not a pet. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. She's left at the house alone. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, <sighs> I, I, I very rarely come across homophobia, I guess, in Brisbane. But, but when you do, it really shocks you. Like, and it's just that kind of, um, it's very subtle, I guess. And, you know, I, that really crept up on me, that, that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, it, I mean, like it ended up being okay, but it did take a toll on my mental health. So right. yeah, I kind of, I'm hopeful for change, but, um, yeah, I don't know how fast it's going to come. Yeah, because I, I often think about those moments as, you know, okay, well, if I'm going to be the advocate and take on, you know, this this role of educating people, those are great teachable moments, yeah. right? Yeah. But they start to add up, you know, and so I, and there's just sometimes where I'm like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this today, I can't be yeah. the, the teachable moment. But so, so much of it is unintentional, I think, it's not meant to be malicious, but it it's those microaggressive kind of comments about, you know, well, people have pets that, yeah. you know, you're like, here, do I have the energy to, 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 to teach this person? I know. And that's, that's an inappropriate response. And the thing is, too, at the same time I was requesting my flexible working arrangements, two other women requested mm. and received flexible working arrangements. Wow. And when I said to them, uh, to my, you know, to the powers that be, I said, you know, when I look at this situation from my perspective, I see two women who have who have been given flexible working arrangements. And I, then I look at the three of us and I think, well, what's the difference between the three of us? And they're like, hang on a minute. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, the difference is they're straight and I'm gay. And they're like, whoa, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, you can't actually say that because that's what's actually happening. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like, it, it, you know, I think – 2018 it's kind of crazy but I I kind of want to ask and I'm not sure what you're going to say to me but in Australia at the moment we are hearing a lot about the US um, politically um, and situations that are happening there with LGBT people Um, what's your sort of thoughts on that like what's happening with trans people and you know like there's that kind of stuff if you're not comfortable answering that's fine no, no, and, and that's one, actually, I meant to mention, when you look at a lot of these studies, they are all about lesbian, gay, and bisexual people. They're yeah. often not including the transgender population, which, if you think about what those studies would look like if there yeah. were transgender people included, it the, the numbers would be off the chart. Yeah. Um, one of the, the statistics I quoted was, in, in the TED Talk was, people living in anti-gay communities compared to accepting communities had a 12-year reduced life expectancy. Which is crazy. And and if we factored in transgender people into that number, I mean, it just, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Yeah. Um, So, and just note too, all those studies are very similar to other racism, sexism, you know, um, ableism studies where if people are living in you know harmful environments or even mildly right yeah um, like you said it takes a toll on you um, but so 
here's the thing. <laughs> we talk about, I know, maybe I'm tearing up because of the, the political climate in the United States. Uh, yeah, so, it's, it's, um, yeah, so it's terrifying, right? Yeah. Um, in, in some ways, there, you know, we go about, and, and I guess this is the, is the, any administration, you go about living your life and you probably don't see the full ways that it's going to be affecting you down the road, but you're just trying to, to, to move forward day to day. Yeah. And we, when, when, um, the new, <laughs> his name who shall not be spoken <laughs> took office, um, we, you know, we of course were reading the blogs and, and preparing for, um, what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's simply terrifying, and, and let alone if he gets ousted from office, his vice president is just as just as horrible. It's not, yeah, you know, worse. Yeah, right. Um, so, I, I mean, personally, I again, I am a very, um, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm a privileged person in society. I, you know, I my job has been supportive, and, and um, we, you know, sometimes I get weird looks in in public. But I, you know, otherwise I don't feel the effects of, of anything at this point. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that it's, you know, there, there's still pressure um, to, you know, like for instance, after the elections, there was someone in town who had a pride flag flying. And someone right after the election threw a rock through their window. Mm-hmm. So had that election not happened, there, there definitely is a feeling of um, being a little bit more scared to be out and open in public because there is an acceptability to um, revolting against people that are different from you and, and that being okay. Yeah. Um, so I think that there is a feeling of going a little bit more back into the closet in terms of being out in the public eye. Yeah. Um, at least, again, I'm just in the Midwest. Um, but, you know, what's happening in the transgender community it is horrific. And, and I think that that's been going on for some time, right? Like, yeah, that's well, always been a problem. Um, and when the person, my con- yeah, sorry, go ahead. sorry, sorry. When the person who shall not be named, uh, got into <laughs> office, um, you know, we were hearing here about, uh, bathrooms, uh, transgender yeah. people in bathrooms and the military, and all this kind of stuff, like, and to me, that's frightening that that people are talking about that level of discrimination openly, and like it's just the normal thing. So, yeah, for what's happening yeah. with transgendered people, it, it's just frightening, like you said. Yeah, and they're filling, you know, the the political um, offices are filling all these different bills in about that we're still fighting those religious freedom bills, you yeah. know, just having service um yeah the bathroom the transgender bathroom issue has been horrific um it's it's not a good climate um but i i just still see there's a ground support for the lgbtq plus community in general and so i'm still hopeful um many of those things won't won't happen now of course the supreme court situation also Mm -hmm. is is it, you know, it's not in, in our favor as well. So, yeah, there's so much, so much going on that's quite scary and difficult. Do you ever just think, like, it's 2018, just get over <laughs> it. Like, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's happening. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So what I've, um, what I just want to focus on too is, um, 
you've mentioned a family, um, and yeah. I would I would love to to hear about this because I think in your TED talk you, know, you you weren't with anybody at your TED talk, right. Right. right? So you've met someone and you're just living your life now, just <laughs> living your lesbian life. <laughs> So it's, it's hard to tell stories um, about what's been going on without revealing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I should have reversed that. Um, so, I, yeah, remarkably, not only professionally, um, I've been quite rewarded with coming out, but personally as well. And it kind of is connected because um, after I came out, my um, my company really was very supportive of that. They they. They thought I was courageous, and so they, you know, tried to reward me through different um, ways. And one of them was getting to do a three-month work assignment in Boston in, in 2015. Mm. And so I lived there for three months, and we were working on a special project. And I was going to go to my very first Pride Parade in, in Boston, <laughs> which is a big, huge one here in the States. Yeah. And I walked up to our float organizer and I shook her hand and uh I ended up marrying her <laughs> not even a year later wow that's a great story yeah. yeah yeah so she um after my three months there she jumped in the car from Boston li- was living in Boston moved back here to the middle of nowhere yeah uh, had never been west of, of Milwaukee, <laughs> Wisconsin, and here she is living in Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. Uh, so, fantastically, we, we got married then in 2016, and then we had a child at the end of 2016. So, we now have a two-year-old named Arlo. Yeah. And, it, I mean, I just couldn't have imagined what would happen between, you know, talking on that stage until until now it's it's everything I never you know thought I deserved because of the path I took but it's everything I ever wanted so yeah. it's been it's been an incredibly remarkable experience and it, it does having like I say a relationship and especially a child really force you to be um, very public which isn't a bad thing right like I'm proud proud yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I always thought you know I should be proud <clears throat> but it's been it's been fantastic I love I love that that, that yeah. there's this happy ending and and yeah I love that I think that's a really good place to end um, if I'm honest on that happy note <laughs> great yeah thank you so much for coming on um, I yeah I look again I just love your pod uh, your TED talk and I think yeah I think you're very brave and I'm really happy to just connect with you so um, yeah thank you again thank you Sally I truly appreciate it.